This special episode of The Hammer is brought to you by Huntsman Building Solutions. Huntsman Building Solutions is a global leader in the manufacture and supply of open cell and closed cell spray polyurethane foam insulation and coatings. Formed in May 2020 through the combination of Demolac and Isonine Lapala SPF businesses, Huntsman Building Solutions is a business unit of Huntsman Corporation and has a combined heritage of more than 110 years. Through the application of innovative technology and advanced science, Huntsman Building Solutions focuses on meeting market demands for more energy-efficient products and serves a range of industries, including residential, commercial, industrial, institutional, and agricultural. For more information, visit HuntsmanBuildingSolutions.com. Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting. Now here's your host, the editor of Canadian Contractor Magazine, Patrick Flannery. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of The Hammer. Today, we're joined by Michael Malouf from Huntsman Building Solutions. He is the LEED Green Associate and Senior Representative of Sustainable Building Science for Huntsman Building Solutions. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? I'm good, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, today you're on to uh, talk about the crackdown on radon in homes. Um, as many as uh, 3,200 Canadians die from it every year, uh, we're told. It easily penetrates residences and enclosed spaces undetected. Uh, there's a, it's the number one cause of lung cancer in non-smokers, believe it or not. Uh, throughout Canada, there's homes with elevated labels of radon that need to be assessed and treated. And there's a cost-effective and proactive solution that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Huntsman Building Solutions has a CCMC-compliant HFO-based HFO, closed-cell CCSPF insulation products. Uh, they've been tested for radon diffusion and are highly radon-resistant. And if we can wade through all those acronyms, we're going to be uh, in good shape. Uh, <laughs> when installed properly, uh, they can protect a building from the ground up. And in this podcast, we're going to talk uh, about what builders and contractors need to know about radon mitigation and the solution that'll help address the problem. So are you ready to get into all that, Michael? I'm ready, Patrick. All right, here we go. Um, I, I think one of the things that uh, that kind of touched us off was, uh, I, I think, uh, the Health Authority in uh, Okanagan Valley in BC uh, uh, just recently tested a bunch of Okanagan schools for radon gas. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's obviously on the minds uh, of, of people out there. I, I know in BC, it's often a big concern. Um, what, uh, tell, tell us, I guess, starting out, Michael, a, a little bit about the gas. Uh, uh, what do we know about it? And, uh, and how is it present in our, uh, in our buildings and our houses? Yeah, so it's it's naturally occurring. I think you you mentioned it maybe in the soil. Uh, it comes from it's a radioactive gas that basically comes from the breakdown of uranium uh, among other uh, minerals, and it's radioactive. And uh, it's as I said, it's naturally present in the soil, and it basically moves through the soil. So uh, you know, it, it goes from one place to another, and then it seeps in our homes and our buildings through. Any types of means, uh, you know, through cracks, to, through gaps and joints in the, in the slabs, uh, concrete slabs and the foundation walls, uh, you know, through the pipe fittings, through the sump pumps, uh, through any type of assembly material uh, object that is basically in contact with the soil. And it's, you know, it, it's, uh, we can't smell it, we can't taste it, we can't see it. 
Um, there's no real symptoms of, you know, knowing that, hey, I'm having radon into my home. Uh, I'm basically breathing in high concentrations of radon besides developing a potential disease. So that's why we really need to basically test it um, to, to, to verify the concentration levels. Uh, maybe we're going to talk about it later, but, you know, especially in Canada, it's 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 really important uh, because you know with, with our cold winters we spend a lot of times indoors, um, and our homes are uh, increasingly sealed, better sealed. So uh, you know if there is radon concentration, we are increasingly exposed to higher uh, radon concentrations in our homes. So we really need to make sure that this does not happen. And if it happens, if we have high concentration high concentrations of radon. We need to know about it so that we can basically find ways to mitigate the problem. And as you mentioned, radon is pretty much, you know, found all across Canada. Uh, if you look at the radon map in Canada, it's pretty much all shades of red, from mm -hmm. deep red to deeper red. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, there are higher concentrations, uh, higher concentration places than others. But just because we're in a low concentration place does not mean there's not going to be radon in our home or in our uh, neighbor's home, for example. And just because we test this year for radon does not mean next year we won't have radon in our home. So uh, radon is really um, uh, sporadic. It moves through the soil, uh, through air, through, uh, you know, the underground water bodies as well. So, yeah, we need to keep testing. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's very much a matter of, uh, of, of yeah, like you say, even in low concentration areas, there's areas of high concentration. There's there's kind of no such thing as a, it's not uniformly distributed uh, and it and it can't even change from time to time because it's a basically a matter of the uranium degrading. Um, and, uh, and, and that doesn't always happen at a, at a, at a steady rate or at the same time. And, and then it has to move through the soil. It's kind of a matter of air pressure. Uh, you know, it just has to, it, it's going to move up as it, as, as that, as the uranium breaks down and, uh, and, and it's going to, it's going to come through like that. So you, uh, you know, there's, it, it's really a sort of an ongoing, uh, uh, thing that isn't, uh, isn't always a hundred percent predictable from one time to the next, um, so yeah, it's it's something we need to. I guess uh, everybody has to keep an eye on and to, and to have their houses designed so that they're uh, so that they're protected from that uh, almost uh, almost wherever they are. Um, Health Canada, uh, uh, you know, recommends that uh, every house in Canada be, is tested for radon. Um, it's the only way to know. Um, tell us uh, tell us a bit about the testing process, Michael. What do you what do you have to do to uh, to check for it? Yeah, so there are two uh, main ways to test, basically. Either you can hire a professional. Uh, in Canada, there's professional accreditation specifically made for radon. So you may, you know that whoever's testing and whoever's, uh, um, you know, giving you the results are really an accredited professional. Uh, but you can still do it at home. There are uh, DIY kits that you can buy. And they're really cheap, like maybe $35, $40 that you, it's basically a little puck that you place in the basement or, you know, in the lower uh, place of your, the lowest point in your home. And basically it's gonna um, collect air. And then you, uh, for a few months, at least three months, we recommend. So we recommend, uh, you know, medium to long-term testing to really, you know, obviously analyze the, the levels of radons more accurately. And then once uh, you've accumulated the air samples, we can just, uh, you know, you just send it to a laboratory that's going to analyze it. So that's the easiest and the most cost-effective way to, to test for radon. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Patrick, you're on point. Uh, we cannot know 
levels of radons un until we test it. Just sealing the home, just sealing the building is not enough. You need to test it to know. Okay. And uh, does, does the little puck go off like a Geiger counter? When it, no, I'm joking. But that'd be scary. Um, so, uh, well, actually, what, 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 are the, what are the standards around that, Michael? Uh, now there's this, this CCMC thing, which I'll confess I'm not, I'm not familiar with. Uh, is that a standard for, um, is that a standard for the, for, for the tester or the standard for the level of radon that's in your house? Explain that, I guess, a bit to me. Yeah, so uh, the CCMC is not a, is not a, um, a radon-specific uh, uh, evaluation. The CCMC is basically the Canadian Center for Construction Materials that basically emits, uh, it's a governmental body, uh, a, a branch of the National uh, Research of Canada, uh, the, the Council of Research of Canada, the NRC, mm -hmm. um, and they basically emit opinions and evaluations about products uh, to basically say, hey, yes, this product's physical properties We've tested it independently, and uh, you know it meets building codes. The properties are in, indeed as described on the data sheet, et cetera, et cetera. So they basically emit um, third-party uh, opinions and uh, uh, certifications of products to basically add weight and add credibility to the product. So when a product has a CCMC report, whether it talks about radon, whether it's just a code compliance report, um, yeah, basically, it's the it's a code compliance report, and architects and homeowners and contractors they know that this product is basically for real. And about uh, radon, we yeah we have tested and we have an evaluation as a radon control system. Our product Heatlock Soya HFO, so it's our mainline um, uh, closed cell spray foam insulation product uh, at one and a half inches of thickness under slab we are certified as a radon control system. Whereas other products, they are, uh, you know, that have a CCMC report, they are certified at two inches. We are certified at 1.5 inches. And um, besides the CCMC, to answer your question, um, the, the, the Canadian, the Health Canada basically puts a limit on the maximum concentration of radons, uh, uh, of radon in a home or in a building at 200 becquerels per meters cube. So this is the highest concentration that we can basically have until uh, the recommendations recommend to uh, mitigate uh, the concentration of radon. So if we are, uh, if we test for radon and the concentration is higher than 200 becquerels per meters cube, we are considered to have high levels of radon. However, the World um, Health Organization they put that that that, uh, that threshold lower than Health Canada. The threshold for the for the WHO is 100 becquerels, so half of what Health Canada is recommending. So, it's expected to um, yeah, it's expected to uh, you know since we're talking more and more about radon, it's, it's expected that um, Health Canada will um, lower that threshold eventually from 200 to maybe 150, maybe 100. So. Well, well, you know what it is, Michael. We're here in Canada, we've all been living on top of a slab of radioactive rock for so long. You know, we can tolerate you know higher levels of it, so it doesn't matter to us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it, it, we've it, been it, living it. with it. Yeah, yeah, we've been living with it. You know, I mean, if it was going to kill you. You'd already be dead from it. No, that's sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's no. Yeah, they they made. You know, who knows? Maybe that maybe that standard will change to to line up with the World Health uh, uh, thing someday. You never know, right? 
Um, so, uh, okay. So that's great. So, so you guys, and th that's a relatively new thing for Huntsman. Is it uh, for, for your heat lock product, uh, Michael, that you got that, uh, uh, CCMC, uh, designation for the one and a half inches. No, it's not new. It's been, uh, we've well, you've had, had it, it for, like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. We've had it for a few years. However, we were certified at two inches. Uh, now we are certified for a thickness of one and a half inches. Um, so uh, with only one and a half inch under slab, uh, our product, um, just through the product, it's, it's rate on diffusion potential is about uh, 65 times uh, higher. It's rate on resistance is, is 65 times higher than a six mil poly sheet. So um, yeah, wow. that's one and a half inches. Wow. Wow, and this does not even include the joints, uh, the need to to seal the poly that you know decreases this performance. This is really the performance through the materials themselves. Great, great. Well, that's a that's a that's a nice feather in the in the cap for you guys, and being able to put half an inch less uh, uh, under slab is a nice uh, is a nice benefit to the builder too. I think so. Uh, that's that's very good. Um, what does the government say uh, about radon infiltration for residential basements, uh, uh, Michael? What what kind of uh, what kind of uh, codes, rules, regulations, whatever are you are you going to be up against here? Yeah, so there's no, um, to my knowledge, there's no regulation about testing, but there's regulation about having a radon mitigation system. So the National Building Codes Building Code requires. Uh, that all new uh, construction be fitted with a um, with a you know radon mitigation system, which is which is typically an under slab depressurization system. So um, you know, as we know, it's typically a you know four inch uh, pipe that runs in the four inch layer of the four inch bed of gravel under slab, and which basically it's really simple. It collects the under slab gases and it extracts them outside. So the code does not require for new construction to basically connect this uh, under slab pipe to an extraction system. It just requires to have the rough in so that when we finish the construction and if we test for radon and we have uh, high concentrations of radon that exceed the maximum threshold, that we have the, the rough in and we can basically connect it to a vent that is going to you know, uh, uh, extract the radon gases, the underground gases outside if need be. So, um, yeah, the code requires, as I said, to have this, uh, this, depressuriza this depressurization system. And how it works is that, um, you know, if we connect it to a vent outside, we have the stack effect. So the stack effect happens when, uh, you know, the warmer air inside of the stack itself, inside of this four-inch pipe, is warmer than the outside air in um, in winter, for example, and naturally warm air is gonna move uh, up in the direction of the cold air. So the air is gonna move from the warm area to the cold area, and this way the warm air inside of the stack is gonna uh, be extracted outside. And this way we prevent the air from under the slab to move into the house, to seep in through the cracks, through the joints, through the gaps and the, and the slab and the foundation walls. And we basically create this depressurization, this depressurization zone under the slab, the, the negative pressure uh, zone by basically uh, sucking all of the air under slab to the outside. And then you have to seal the slab. Typically you seal it, you seal it with a, you know, a six mil, uh, poly six mil or more uh, polyethylene sheet 
uh, that you need to tape, uh, that you need to tape all the joints between the sheets. You need to tape all the joints between, uh, you know, anything that comes through the slab, the piping, uh, the, the plumbing, uh, the sump pump, uh, the junction at between the slab and the foundation wall, which is very important. This is a high radon, uh, um, you know, it, it's a place where radon really, uh, it's a high risk place basically, just to put it this way. So right. you need to really tape it to seal it with caulking and everything. And um, if you do that, and then you have your underground slab, uh, your underground depressurization system with the pipe, uh, you're good to go. But at least have the rough in in case there's high concentrations of radon. This is what the National Building Code uh, requires. As for retrofits, um, for retrofits, it's a little bit more complicated. I believe you could still uh, uh, put a, you know, break the slab and install a under slab, um, you know, piping to basically extract uh, the radon. However, um, more cost-effective and easier solutions would be basically to just uh, seal as much as you can. So do little cost-effective sealing of cracks, uh, you know, uh, any cracks in the foundation walls and the slab. If you have uh, concrete blocks, seal all of the gaps, uh, you know, in the concrete blocks, all of the joints, um, uh, you know, install some pump uh, with a, a, you know, a, an airtight lid, basically, uh, seal the, the, the floor drain as well. These are really cost-effective ways. Um, you can also, if possible, if it's accessible, uh, seal the crawl space. You know, when, when the soil in the crawl space, it's not sealed, it's not insulated, it's not, uh, um, uh, you know, there's no poly sheet, for example, and the soil is visible. This is a, a, a place for high uh, radon uh, penetration levels. Uh, another thing you can do is, again, the junction between the foundation wall and the concrete slab, if it's visible, if it's accessible, you can seal this joint. So these are uh, these are some of the ways. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so if you I mean, if you're coming into it like in a, in a, in a new construction scenario where you're building a, a home, um, you know, just to conform with code, you're going to be putting at least roughing in your 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 radon extraction anyways um but it's more uh when you come to a uh when you come to a retrofit um and especially in an old, maybe in an older building michael like how 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 long have these regulations i mean you're you're explaining crawl space obviously that's different um but uh was there was there a time when the when basements were being made without uh the radon rough in yeah, uh, I believe the first um, iteration of the building code that required it was the 2000, 2010 building code. Oh, wow. Building code. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so, going to you're gonna often be dealing with, uh, for all I know, I probably don't have a radon rough in in here. I've never looked. Uh, but so uh, I don't have either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There you go. Right. So, uh, so yeah. And so I guess the sort of the recommendation would be, you know, if someone calls you in for a retrofit and you're doing work on their basement or whatever, you might take a look, right? And 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 uh, what 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 would a what what would a contractor recommend then, uh, uh, Michael, uh, to 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 do some I guess to get some testing done, right? That's the first step. You got to test. Yeah. Uh, you test for at least three months. If the radon concentration is high, then you 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 proceed to mitigation. Uh, as I said, there are really cost-effective ways, but um, you can even do it with spray foam. However, uh, if you have even an existing slab, which is you know, cracked or whatever, and then, you know, let's uh, radon seep through. Uh, you can basically just seal with spray foam one and a half inches over the existing slab. Then, uh, you know, you, you, you install your new 
um, your new uh, flooring on top of it, whether it's a new concrete slab, uh, really thin concrete slab, or your, your, your floorboards or whatever you want to do. It's possible with spray foam. Obviously, it gives an optimal uh, performance and durability, but as I said, there are really cost-effective, uh, smaller ways to do it, uh, depending on the radon levels, depending on the budget, depending on what type of performance and, and well, what type of long-term performance and result we want to do. Because it's you know it, it's possible to seal in, in, in smaller, cost-effective ways, but to really have it to have all the cracks, all the joints, all the gaps visible, accessible, uh, you know. If radon is seeping through, it's probably seeping through uh, many, many different little places. So to really go individually to each one of these little um, places and seal them, this can become a little bit time-consuming and maybe uh, close to impossible. So, um, yeah, it's a matter of testing and then going on site and verifying uh, what can be done and what, what's the best solution, basically. So we have options. That it almost, that it almost act like a... A decent. I mean, if your ceiling height is not is, is high enough, it would almost act like a decent underlayment for for flooring, right? If you wanted to floor, if you wanted to spray foam the whole slab and floor over it uh, with, uh, you know, well, anything. Um, exactly. You, you, you basically end up with a, a finished a finished floor, and uh, and uh, you know, I imagine that the spray foam's fine to walk on, right? There's no no issue there. Exactly. Exactly. It's fine. It's fine to walk on. It's not gonna. Uh, it's not gonna settle it's not going to crack it's not going to move and you know especially for older homes when uh, where there's no under slab insulation mm -hmm. uh, there's no vapor barrier well if you insulate with spray foam uh, you're going to have your thermal insulation your air and your vapor barrier as well as your radon mitigation system so immediately uh, you improve the thermal performance the comfort of the home and you're going to feel it immediately so it's not just for radon there are several advantages to using uh, a system like spray foam uh, to to basically mitigate against radon. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of an idea. You know, if you're doing some really crappy old basement that that you know, or a farmhouse or something like that, right? Uh, well, the only problem there is sometimes those basements the ceilings weren't very high, and you don't even want to lose an inch and a half on the <laughs> on the on yeah. the on the room. But but I mean, if you have the if you have the depth, um, that's uh, that that's that's a great way to really improve that space for the uh, for the for the homeowner. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thought. Um, okay, what else should we talk about? Uh, uh, the um, you, you know part of all this that the, the, there's a lot of concern about about green and sustainable uh, uh, building. Michael, how does how does um, your 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 spray foam product and mitigating radon with it work into all of that? Uh, well, um, our product is uh, helps a lot with the green building programs, no matter which one it is, whether we're talking about lead, reach, or whatever. Well, it helps with the building, uh, the sustainable building programs uh, objectives. Um, our spray foam product, Heatlock Soya HFO, uh, is the first and only spray foam insulation product on the market to have a product-specific environmental product declaration. So for those who are familiar with an EPD, uh, the acronym, it base, it's basically an environmental report. It's, it's kind of an, an environmental data sheet that um, is done completely independently from the manufacturer. So uh, it's done by an external environmental consultant, and it's verified by UL Environment, and it declares uh, the embodied carbon in the product throughout its whole life cycle. So all of the carbon emissions that result from the extraction of the raw materials, the transportation phase of the product, 
the use phase of the product, the manufacturing of the product, and the deconstruction of the, deconstruction of the product at the end of its life, all of the carbon emissions are uh, declared. And because of the new generation HFO blowing agent that is used in the product, which has very little global warming potential compared to the older generation of spray foam product, and because of the recycled content and the soy oil, the new, our new generation heat lock soya HFO insulation product um, is actually now one of the lowest embodied carbon insulation products on the market. Whether you compare it to other spray foam insulation products that don't, that don't have an EPD, whether you compare it to polystyrene insulation or, um, or, 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 or mineral wool, it's really a low embodied carbon product. So there's that. There's also, uh, you know, to go back to um, uh, indoor air quality, right, which Radon is part of. Uh, we are certified Green Guard Gold. So Heatlock Soya HFO has a Green Guard Gold certification, which again is a uh, indoor air quality certification from UL that tests um, all products, basically all kinds of products that are installed indoors, not just spray foam insulation, but all kinds of products to make sure that uh, you know the the um, they they are safe for uh, human health and that they are not gonna basically have any type of uh, uh, VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds at a high enough concentration to uh, basically become a human health hazard. So we are certified Green Guard Gold, uh, which tests for all kinds of VOCs, including formaldehyde. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, many of us will be familiar with the VOC thing. It was a big concern back in uh, well, the 2010 uh, type era. Uh, uh, I remember the plywood, uh, a lot of the plywood manufacturers had to change what they were doing with uh, formaldehyde, some of the cabinet makers even. Um, and um, and yeah, that's so, so, you know, not contributing to that. You know, no smell, no, you know, none of the other, none of the other indoor air quality problems that you might get from a building material. So that's, uh, that's, that's nice to know for sure. Um, yeah. And, and it's know. also interesting, uh, just because you mentioned uh, the, the, the sustainable uh, programs, it's interesting because their indoor air quality um, requirements talk about things like formaldehyde. We've been talking about things like uh, asbestos, but mm -hmm. they still do not include radon. Uh, although it's the second uh, leading cause of lung cancer in Canada. So I'm hoping that eventually it's, you know, they're going to start talking about it and including include it in their requirements. That's, that's funny. Really? Lead doesn't say anything about radon or. It doesn't. Oh, wow. Maybe it says, late. maybe they talk about it, but it's not part of the requirements. Maybe. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's very interesting. I wonder how that got overlooked. It's, 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 a, it's obviously, I mean, I think it's been more on the radar for, for Canadians, you know, sort of at some level for a long time, but uh, maybe, maybe other parts of the world don't, uh, don't think about it so much. Maybe that's why our standard is different than, uh, than, than other places. That's, yep. uh, that's, 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 that's an interesting one. And you know what, that word you used embodied carbon is something I want everybody to draw a line under uh, because uh, it, it's coming, folks. Um, you know the the, the standards are going to be uh, uh, looking for that. Uh, I think I think you and I, Michael, have talked about it before in 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 other podcasts. But uh, you know, you just you you, you kind of can't repeat this stuff enough. Uh, be ready uh, because uh, uh, a lot of the environmental, a lot of the energy efficiency and 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 things that the standards and the uh, 
and the codes that have been governing that and are asking us to to, to do more uh, climate change wise in the house building. Um, that's going to be the next level is they're going to be saying it's not just how it how it stops the operational production of carbon in the house. It's going to be how much carbon did you emit? building the house and, and and getting the materials for the house in the first place and and in the manufacture of those materials themselves. So having a product that already has an EPD and a life cycle analysis, uh, uh, these are things you're going to have to be showing to people uh, down the road, um, you know, uh, uh, when these embodied carbon standards come into effect, right? Exactly. And they're, um, they're, they're consolidating the requirements across Canada, so it's not going to be provincial, uh, province-specific requirements anymore. Uh, again, the National Research uh, uh, Council of Canada—they're consolidating that and they're really cracking down on it. So it's going to—the requirements are increasing um, at a very rapid pace, and we're going to basically be brought to, uh, you know, asked or required to specify products with the lowest embodied carbon and the. You know, the answer to that, the way to really specify the most environmentally sustainable products is through an EPD, a third party, uh, third party done and certified EPD. Uh, and uh, yeah, comp compare those results basically. And spray foam, the advantage is that not only the product has, uh, not only does the product have lower embodied carbon, but it's also one product that does several functions. So it, it replaces several products, thermal insulation, air and vapor barrier products. Mm. So full surface membranes, polyethylene sheet, as well as the insulation and the caulkings, you can all replace them with, with one single product. Not only is this cost effective and easier and faster to install for the contractor, but it also reduces the carbon footprint of the envelope, of the building envelope by replacing several products by one. That means you need to produce, you need to ship only one product instead of several. And don't forget, Michael, less paperwork. Less paperwork. paperwork you're, only EPD. <laughs> you're only showing EPD and 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 life cycle analysis for one product instead of the four you mentioned there, right? So <laughs> I should have said it first. Yeah, <laughs> that's the most important. Very key. Very key. All right. So let's uh, let's just let, let's wrap it up in a bow. Um, what uh, what's your advice to contractors as far as uh, as far as radon elimination and, and and mitigation, Michael? What 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 should they be doing for their clients uh, uh, when 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 they're working on basements or, or or looking at their basements and and then and then where should they where should they go depending on what they find? I think uh, the, in my opinion, the most important would be to educate their clients about it. Tell, tell the clients about it. They're gonna not not only is it important that they know about it, but they're gonna trust. The contractor, if the contractor gives them that kind of information, recommend testing uh, after uh, construction is done. And it's important to test after construction, not um, not during construction, because the the house or the building needs to be sealed to really be able to test and evaluate the radon concentration. If it's not sealed, radon, if there's radon, is going to seep uh, out, and we're you know we're not going to be able to determine the concentration. So uh, test it after our construction is done. And then uh, if there's high levels of radon, well, you know, you, you, you connect, uh, you can connect the rough end to an uh, outside vent that is gonna basically extract the radon. But if the basement is sealed with uh, spray foam insulation like heat lock soya HFO, you're never gonna need to connect that vent because the advantage uh, with heat lock soya HFO, it's a spray foam insulation that basically uh, expands and is gonna seal all cracks, all joints, 
uh, all junctions between materials, whether we're talking about the junction between the slab, the foundation wall, uh, the rim joist around the windows, around the sump pump, around any type of pipe fittings, everything is going to be sealed perfectly. And it takes that responsibility off the shoulders of the contractor because it's the product itself that expands and seals. It's not the contractor that needs to basically apply those, the poly, the tapes, the sealant, and then, you know, work with it and cut and whatnot. So, um, yeah, if you're sealed with spray foam completely, uh, there's no radon, no underground gas that's going to seep through the slab, so you never need to connect that pipe fitting. Otherwise, well, you need to connect it, and um, uh, optimally, you need to basically seal uh, any cracks, any junctions, any gap that you can find, basically. That's really the only way. So seal and then extract the radon. These are the two main points. Educate, seal, test, and advise the homeowner on mitigation measures and in your back pocket, you've got heat lock soy HFO that can help you really before the build. And even after the build, uh, you can, uh, you can, you can use it to, uh, to protect them from radon. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if any contractor has a question, I mean, not, not only for our product, but just, just a question in general, we have a, at Huntsman building solutions, we have a whole building science team, uh, our job is basically to, to, to provide technical support, to answer questions, to provide technical documentation. And we even go on site with the contractors, if needs be, to evaluate what's going on and to basically evaluate uh, you know, what would be an optimal solution uh, for radon uh, control and any other questions. So, yeah. Where do they reach you, Michael? Uh, they can reach us at, um, you know, our info Canada at Huntsman Builds dot com okay or my personal email also uh, m maloof a a m a a l o u f at huntsmanbuilds dot com uh, but on the main website huntsmanbuildingsolutions.com you can find all the information there michael maloof lead green associate senior representative for sustainable building science at huntsman building solutions thank you so much for joining us again to talk all about radon and what to do about it thanks patrick thanks for listening to the hammer you can find episodes online at CanadianContractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine.